Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Welcome to episode 60 of the Average Cheese Podcast. I'm Dale Lobel. Peter Jones and Todd Widener are here with me tonight. It is the Leroy Kathy version of the Average Cheese. Before Peter tells us about Leroy Kathy, this one is an interesting number. John Anderson was 60 for a year as a rookie. And there have been very few 60s in the Packers history. So go ahead. Tell us about Leroy Kathy, Peter. Yeah. And interestingly, we followed up 58 Dan Curry, 59 John Anderson with 60 Leroy Kathy, another superb outside linebacker for the Packers. Played six years for Green Bay from 64 to 69. And I guess was a pivotal player in that three championships in a row, 65, 67, right outside linebacker, pro bowler and all pro. And part of another great linebacking crew with with himself, Ray Nitschke in the middle and Dave Robinson in the left outside linebacking. And Caffey came to play in big games. So he led the Packers in tackles in Super Bowl one and possibly the unofficial MVP of the of the Ice Bowl. He had three tackles for a loss in that game, forced a fumble had the Packers only sack. And when you see the films of the Ice Bowl, he's everywhere. He seems to be in on almost every defensive play. So super player for the Packers in the 60s, like I say, was part of that three championships team. Was traded to the Bears and then ended up with the Cowboys after a year with the Bears and won another Super Bowl ring with the Cowboys. So won four NFL championships and a really super player who's who, again, is one of those guys when you've got all of those all-stars all around them. We mentioned Nitschke and Robinson and Willie Davis and Herb Adderley, Willie Wood on that defense can easily get overlooked, you know, but was a was a huge part of that jigsaw, that great defense that that won those championships. So sadly died very young in, in his early 50s, but a player that we shouldn't forget. Honestly, I'd never heard of him before we looked up to number 60. So that, I don't know, tells you what I don't know about the Packers, but also that, yeah, he isn't mentioned as much in the same breath with Nitschke and Adderley Robinson and so on playing on those Packer championship teams when he clearly he's a Packer hall of famer. I would love to see that ice bowl game is I wonder, do they ever play such things like in its entirety anymore? Do they have a complete game footage of that? They repieced it together. So they had bits of it from the original broadcast and then NFL films had some of the plays and they pieced the whole thing together. ESPN did a thing probably 10 years ago now. And they pieced it to, together with added commentary. So where they didn't have commentary, they added commentary in there. So, yeah, the whole thing does, does exist. I would love and, to see that. Yeah, probably there on YouTube. Probably somebody's posted that, I would imagine. Yeah, I'll have to look for that. I just found myself tuning into our own show while creating our own show. I was like nice. listening to, I was just listening to Peter. I was like, wait a minute. 
Oh yeah, we're Peter's in we're stereo recording. saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like paying attention, and like getting educated. I was like, oh wait, we're, we're recording. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. I should probably go through the socials and all that. Thanks to Rhonda at RNM Management and Dwight at DDGCustoms.com, and thanks to the almost 700 Twitter followers at this point. We're almost up to 700, so that's pretty cool. We are doing our shoe raffle. I know we talked about it last week. Thank you for those folks who are putting money in the shoe raffle. We are up to $410 for Habitat for Humanity, which is awesome. I saw that Jamie Cheesebutt put it on her Twitter today. So maybe that will come up with something. We've talked about it on the last episode, maybe cutting it off early. Uh, I think we're going to do that because the momentum has really slowed in the last couple of weeks. What's it up to now? $410. Oh, nice. Yeah. It'd be nice to get an even 500, but. Oh, that should be Hopefully. easy, right? Yeah. You would think that we'd be able to get to that easily. I will work yeah. on that. I will start putting it out on Maybe our cut media. it at 500 or something. We could. I would yeah. really like to get to 750. I know that's a pretty big, that's almost doubling what we have now. But we'll, we'll talk about it and we'll figure okay. it out. But thanks to all the folks that did put money in for that. You can find us at AVG Cheese and, and we can find us on email, avgcheese at gmail.com. But you already knew this. Let's start talking football. And Facebook. <laughs> and Facebook. No, it's Facebooks. The Facebooks yeah, and, and Twitters. the Twitters. And maybe someday we'll have an Instagrams and all the other new social medias. I think TikToks. Todd should start doing TikToks. TikToks. And it's yeah. already plural, so I wouldn't even have to yeah. add an S to TikToks. Is it? Well, it's TikTok. Right. But you have to make TikToks. Right. So it's TikToks. Already. You're the only one who makes it plural. So. Yes, I do. It's what I do. Talk some footballs, talk slices, the little pieces of cheese that we send out every week. Todd and I are on many times. Todd and I are on the same page. And when Taylor Heineke jumped into the stands at Lambeau, that is no bueno, motherfucker. You don't yeah. do those kind of things. Sorry. Yeah. And you didn't get in. So that's right. justice, bitch. Yeah. Uh, what did you say to me? The ghost of Curly Lambeau or something like that? I don't remember. I, I just, I was beside myself. I still am. I, I mean, I don't care. I don't know what he's thinking. First of all, he's not that good of a player, right? I don't care that you grew up a Packer fan. I don't care that you're a fucking Brett Favre fan. But if that, if you noticed there was a Redskin fan and a Packer fan right next to one another, if yeah. I were that Packer fan and that was my fucking seat, your season tickets? My seat, my season ticket, right? And it's been passed on from generation to generation to generation. I would have poured my fucking beer on that motherfucker's head <laughs> and shoved him off the fucking wall. And I would have been okay with being like kicked out of Lambo for life. <laughs> I would have been completely okay with that. Because I would be famous, right? I would have been the guy who knocked Taylor Heineke off the fucking wall. There's no way I would have put up with that. But no way would I, I would have never allowed that if that if I was that guy. There's no way. I'm really not sure that it's coming across as to how you really feel about it, Todd. I know. But I mean, I, come on. <laughs> you, you can't do that. I mean, the, the, there have been athletes in the past or players in the past who've done it. But like that one was really lame. I mean, really fucking lame. And you were too much of a pussy to fucking get the ball in the end zone. And your fucking knee was down. So he had to like curl up like a bitch to go across the fucking goal line. And then he goes and does a Lambo leap for no fucking reason. And it looks like a, even more of an ass. So fuck you, t- Taylor Heineke. I'm already going to recycle here. 
and I got you with a couple of those quarters. You were so fired up. You weren't even putting your own quarters in. So I took care of a couple of those for you. It's great that that he didn't get in, right? That he fell to a knee and then he fumbled on the next play. That's perfect karma right there for jumping into the stands. I don't know if it's the broadcast that does it. You know, when, when they were, they were talking about, well, you know, when, when he fumbled that other, when they were on the goal line the second time, and they said that he fumbled and he was actually basically on top of a bunch of bodies. The ball still wasn't even across the goal line. So I don't even know what the fuck they were reviewing. Peter, is that a case where they were showing where he fumbled and he can't, can he advance his own fumble on that play? Yeah. He yeah. can. So he yeah. can, but no one else can. So he absolutely could have scored, but I don't think the ball is across. In, it in was either, it, like you've both said, it was it was karma that not only did he not score, that he that he fumbled. Perfect. Sucks, shit, Taylor. Get some Rogaine, motherfucker. You're like 23 <laughs> years old. Come on, damn. She's like, get some Rogaine. <laughs> and he's got he's got like the George Costanza type baldness going on, which is like the worst. Fuck that guy. He ever comes a Lambo again. So He'd probably gonna... kick the shit out of me, but right. <laughs> I really don't. I, I would take it, and, and I would I just... go, <laughs> right? I, I would, We're all I like patting our own heads. <laughs> it's an audio podcast, but let it be known that we all checked our hairline <laughs> right there. I'm Some good. You, I got more hair than that motherfucker, and I'm 50. You do. And you need to start keeping track of how many times you cuss, because I feel like we're cheating Habitat for Humanity, because I, I don't count them all anymore. I count mine. Yeah, I'm getting close to another recycle. Keep track. I do not want to bring this up, but (sighs) I'm going to bring it up. Peter, let's start with you. So we're going to talk about Mason Crosby. Money Mason Crosby from last year. Not money Mason Crosby this year. I'm not sure that kick would have got over if it hadn't been blocked. No No. way. It would have went under the goalposts. The dude who blocked it was bent over he was maybe four or five feet off the ground i mean that that kick barely got over the line what do you do peter your brian gutekunst gutenkraus what do you do with mason crosby this stage of the season i don't think i don't think you can do anything i think that you trust that that whatever it is that's going on is that is going to improve back to good enough level you know there can't be that many free agent kickers out there that that are that good anyway. I think at this stage of the season, I don't think you can do anything from a personnel perspective. You just hope that whatever it is, the special teams coach can work with him and work it out because we have a great history of our special teams coaches working working things out as the season progresses. Yeah. Don't we? <laughs> and, you know, seriously, I don't, th- I don't think there's anything they really can do other than just work them. And try to figure it out. Yeah. I will just say this. I must refrain from this discussion because Marcy loves Mason Crosby and I am getting on a plane and I will be with her for an entire weekend. I do not want her to hear that I think Mason Crosby should be cut. I worry, though, and Todd and I talked about this via text during the game. Like, what do you do if you're a mediocre team and your guy's okay? you don't care, but you're trying to make a Super Bowl run and big kicks and Mason Crosby has been very good with big kicks, but it doesn't give you a whole lot of confidence when he's, yeah, that, that kick that was blocked was obscenely low and it just and it was going like sideways. He, it wasn't even end over end. He's mishitting a lot of balls right now. 
And that feels like a technique so, issue, which I hope can be fixed by Mason. I mean, he's done this his entire life, you yeah. know, get back into a groove and hopefully he can do something. It is tough. I mean, he's meant a lot you know, over the 15 years that he's played in Green Bay. There's so many clutch kicks and he's been instrumental in so many of the He's an all-time leading uh, scorer for the Packers. I mean, I don't know. I, it, it seems to me like this is just really bad timing in his career. Like, I feel like the gas tank's on low. And I, I don't know. It's just bad timing. I don't know if it's if he can correct it or not or, or what the deal is. But, like, even the kicks that he has made, right? He's 12 of 16, 18 and 19 on PATs. Even some of the field goals that he has made, I mean, they've been kind of ugly. Right. I mean, there's at least a handful of those kicks that are ugly, that are like mm, just getting inside the left or the right uh, pole. It's an ugly looking ball. It's not end over end. He's not getting yeah. under it. You know, they're, they're just so of the yes, he's missed four and a PAT and the block was completely on him. Even the ones that he has made, whether it's the PATs or the field, field goals, there's at least half a dozen or more that have been like pretty ugly. What do you do? If I'm Gutenkraus, I'm looking at it and hopefully start looking at who's available in case you have to. But they don't I, have I, to I, look far, Peter, do they? Don't they have a guy no, in the practice I, squad? I wonder if all of that stuff earlier in the season where those bl- kicks were nearly being blocked from the right hand from the right hand side, you know, that game winner was nearly blocked. The following week, one was nearly blocked. I wonder whether that's that's have it, having an impact. You have to wonder whether Packers brought in a long snapper, although he didn't make the team, Joe Fortunato, during the offseason. You wonder whether that was because they weren't particularly happy with Hunter Bradley, whether there's an issue there with the snapping. And you also wonder about the holder. And I know that whether that's an issue as well, new holder this year, just don't know. It could be any of those factors, or it could be that Crosby's just having a bad time. How many teams have a kicker on their practice squad? Because Washington pulled that Blewett clown who yeah. hadn't kicked a football since like 2016 in a game. So our team's putting a kicker on their practice squad? Well, I would say probably not. So I feel like yeah. that says something, something. Because you don't keep a kicker on your practice squad, do you? I mean, I, I can't remember that ever happening. I think one of the reasons that so, – so we saw more more teams do it last year, keep a kicker and a punter or have a kicker and a punter on the practice squad because of the COVID, COVID situation thing. and the okay. difficulty about bringing a guy in late in the week. If a guy, if a kicker goes down oh. with COVID on Friday, okay. that's true. Out, you know, that, that, was, that. that was the only thing. But That's a good yeah. point. Right, because yeah. you can't – they got to go through the protocol just to get on yeah. the roster. You might end up with yeah. Bajorquez kicking field goals if you don't have a guy yeah. – so I won't read any farther into it. Speaking well, of COVID, could probably kick it through, kick it out of the stadium. Right, you'd be like, "Oh, damn it!" <laughs> right, he just blast one. It probably ripped the net. It hurt somebody. He'd kick it so hard, it would miss. But because <laughs> he'd kick it straight sideways, probably towards the sideline. That's what he does. Speaking of COVID. Lots of Packers. So Joe Barry went down with COVID. He was the first one. Devontae Adams is now in the COVID protocol. Lazard is in the COVID protocol. Looking kind of slim right now. And maybe more, right? Because they're testing every day with the NFL structure on how they do things. They got to test guys all the time. Malik Taylor is activated off the list. So he's coming back from COVID. So that's good, at least. But there's a lot of questions going into this Thursday night game for sure. 
far as COVID goes. Those guys won't play, right? I mean, there's really no chance. I want to say that Adams is vaccinated and he needs two negative tests in order to play. False positive or whatever, he may be able to play. Lazard is not vaccinated, so he is out. Let's not even get into why you're not fucking vaccinated, Alan Lazard, you dipshit. But you're not, so now you're out for this game. I know Coach Lafleur, who is the ultimate in trying to be, you know, give people their freedoms. But while he said, you know, this is a personal choice, it becomes not a personal choice when you are a part of an organization trying to win a Super Bowl. But I'm sorry, I just said we weren't. You're, you're about affecting it the health. Talking. You're affecting the health of others. You are, and so. you're because you're not. Let's say he has a false positive; he is still out because of the way the structure goes. So he's out. He could be false positive. He's still out because he's not vaccinated. It's not 100% just a you thing. Will we get MVS back, Peter? What do you think? Well, I think there's more chance of him being back this week with what's happened with, with Adams and, and um, Lazard. I think he may not have been back this week, but I, sus- I suspect he will be. The trade deadline is November 2nd. Now, there has been rumors, Todd, that Jordan Love, may be traded yeah i saw that so there was an article somewhere would would i do it you would we already know you would (laughs) i mean of course i would and i bring back clay matthews all in the same time (laughs) god damn it (laughs) Uh, obviously i don't i don't think jordan love is going to be traded Uh, i don't think they can get anything in return and it just basically you know as far as the front office is concerned it really puts them in a bad position all around. So other than that, I don't know. I don't know what, who else is out there. If they're interested in anyone, I know we're, we're pretty thin at corner with the injuries could always use a receiver. I don't know what's out there, but I don't think they're going to trade Jordan love. That, that would be a shock. Peter thoughts on any of that Jordan love or anything. The Packers might try to pick up in a trade before the deadline. Yeah. I mean, I, I would be shocked if they traded their 2022 starting quarterback. I, <laughs> Come on. (laughs) You are high. (laughs) Peter's taking that cold medicine again for his episode. Right. One of the advantages, isn't it, of 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 doing this stuff over over Zoom is that you're not within striking distance of anybody (laughs) when you talk. (laughs) Um I mean I agree with Todd. I, I just I just don't think they would get enough of a return at this, at this stage. And I, and I think that better or for worse, wherever you sit on the Jordan Love thing, is their backup quarterback for this year, who they may need to call upon. Let's hope they don't, but they may need to call upon for a game here or half a game there. And I don't think they would risk the season for for that. Now, whether there's any players out there that, that the Packers would be interested in, I guess there probably are. But again, you've got to look at the salary cap situation, not just this year, but how much you can roll over into next year you know so i've heard rumors like obj who always comes up in these trade always. you know cap numbers horrendous packers couldn't fit him under the cap anyway and you wouldn't want to spend that kind of money given the packers cap situation next year there may be a guy sitting out there for a six round pick or something like that a corner as todd said or even a receiver but i would be surprised at that because i think that when they get Adams and Lazard back, a six-round pick for a wide receiver is probably going to be your fifth or sixth wide receiver. Why would why would you do that? 
So I'd be surprised if they made any moves, to be honest. If nothing else, they'll fleece the Texans for somebody else, like Brandon Cooks or something, <laughs> trading for a pair of socks. They just they just keep beating up on the Texans. <laughs> Merciless, Cobb, they do, you know, they just keep pulling guys off of that roster. Although they suck. The Texans are terrible. Whatever. You can't trade Jordan Love. I don't want to go too far into it, but it clearly looks like you are dumping him because you don't think he can play. So, right, what are you going to get for him? You're not going to get anything for him. And he's a first-round pick. He hasn't been able to even show that he can play. So you're clear. you clearly, as a Packer organization, are dumping him. I feel like that would be the league consensus. It's weird that national guys with, like, radio shows talk about stuff like this. It's complete nonsense. Like, they have nothing to talk about. So, hmm. Let's irritate the Packer fan base and let's just say something that completely out of our own ass, but that's what they do. So let's get on to Packers and the Washington footballs. Again, plural. I had to say plural. I'm going to say stuff like that just for you. Coming from a teacher. Yes. (laughs) Bad grammar from the teacher. It is what it is. Footballs. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I'll start with the good. After I looked at it, it's one of those games. It's not the 38-3 drubbing that we took from the Saints, but there wasn't a ton of good in my opinion. So I picked one thing, and it wasn't spectacular. The Packers were 6 of 12 on third down and 1 of 1 on fourth down. Not bad. Third down efficiency, 50%. It's not last year where they seem to get third down conversions constantly. But – Sometimes you got to keep the rock moving. And we'll talk about this when we talk about Cardinals, but you got to be able to keep the ball. Even though they didn't win the time of possession game, they were able to keep it enough where it was balanced and even. They were able to keep the ball long enough. So that's my good. Yeah, I I think they were just, Rodgers was efficient. I think his quarterback rating was like 127 or something like that. And three touchdowns and, you know, nothing over the top. I thought Lazard and Tanyan both had good contributions in this game. Let's face it. I mean, Washington uh, football team is, they have a decent defense. I think they're a top 10 defense. No, they were like a bottom 10 defense before last week. Mm. They were like in the 30s, weren't they? Check PFF. Historically, they had a good defense. Their defense was great this week. Yeah. I thought that their defense played well, whether they're top 10 or not, but I thought that they played well. So, I mean, it wasn't like we were, we did what we had to do in, 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 you know, on offense. So I, I think we, yeah, I mean, this was almost exactly how I thought the game would play out, if I'm, if I'm really honest, score-wise. score And as Todd said, yeah, I think Rogers had a nice, solid, efficient game. Didn't put up huge, huge numbers, but his completion percentage was high. And I thought, I thought he played a good game. And again, as Todd said, nice to see Lazard. I won't say it was breakout, but actually get involved in the offense this, this week, which makes the COVID situation even more disappointing. Uh, Tonyan, as, as Todd said, so I think the offense was was solid and was plenty good enough to win to win the game, overcoming early difficulties with pressure on on Rogers from from what is a talented Washington defensive line. Offensively, solid and efficient is probably the best way of describing that that performance. This is a weird transition. What do you think about the bad and the ugly offensively? For me, the offense the offensive line really really struggled. I thought Jenkins was good, but I thought the rest of the offensive line struggled. That doesn't totally surprise me for a combination of reasons. One, because 
the Packers have been moving guys around on the offensive line to cover injuries, Myers out and Bakhtiari, et cetera, et cetera. Like I say, with, with Washington's defensive line, Marquez Sweat, Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, that's a strong defensive line. So I thought the Packers struggled badly in pass protection early. And I thought they struggled in wrong run blocking throughout the whole game. And that that really disappointed me because, as I said, I think last week, I'm kind of expecting the Packers running game to start to break out. But they were held to just 57 yards rushing. And only 27 as that was from the from the running backs, 27 yards on 12 carries. So I think that's the area of real concern for me offensively. Same here. That's what I put in the notes, that the offensive line was just not good. The blueprint to beat the Packers is to have a defensive line where you don't have to bring linebackers. That's how you beat the Packers with a strong defensive line. Now, granted, there's not a lot of teams out there that you are worried about to have a consistent pressure from more than one guy. Tampa is one of those teams. This is a good defensive line who had not played well. They'd given up a ton of points this year, over 30 a bunch of times, but their defensive line controlled the line of scrimmage basically from the beginning until the Packers figured out that they could throw the ball outside and kind of dump balls off and they played a little bit more West Coast-like. It was a bad game for the Packers' offensive line. Yep, agreed. The worst worst performance for the offensive line all year, hands down. There were There were times during the game you know, on, on certain uh, drives and stuff where they were just getting, they were getting their asses kicked fully. It's a good test because obviously the, I almost said Redskins, the Washington footballs, uh, they have a definitely above average defensive line. So guys are still playing out of position. There's a lot of injuries all in all. I, I really felt like they, it was their worst performance of the year. Uh, they got away with it. They seem to kind of stabilize in the second half a little bit more than they did in the first half. And then the second thing I had was just uh, Dylan with the two fumbles. I can't say I was surprised by the fumbles. And the, the reason is because there's something about him when, when I'm watching him running with the football. There's something that's just still not there for me with him. And I, I can't put my finger on it, whether it's like a confidence issue. There's something that I feel like he's either holding back with or there's like this tentative you know, running style. I, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. You know, when when the when I saw the two fumbles, I was like, "Yep, yeah, this is what I kind of fear about this guy." I didn't like seeing that, but he's a mystery to me. There's just something about him that I, I just am not understanding. So let's move on to defense. Let's start with you, Todd. The good before we get to the bad and the ugly. The good on defense. Well, Campbell and Douglas. I mean, <laughs> how we pulled these guys out of nowhere has really just been. They, they've been outstanding, especially Douglas, where they where they got this guy. And they just throw him onto the field. I mean, contributing right away. And Campbell's just an animal all over the place. I thought Gary had a, a, a good game. I think that was the most his most sacks in a game for his career. He had two. Kiki had a, a sack and a half, four tackles, and Sullivan with a pick. So they had a lot of good red zone stances. And the red zone had some good stops. So... All in all, I thought the defense played very well, and those guys uh, definitely were standouts for me. It's actually quite bizarre because if you look at the the yardage numbers, you know, the Packers gave up over 400 yards. You know, you look at that, and you think, well, that probably wasn't a great defensive day. And then you look at the individual players, and you think you can pull out four, five, six, seven Packers players that contributed well on defense, if not more. I mean, you've mentioned Rashawn Gary, 
Devondre Campbell, as always, Russell Douglas. You know, that, that pass interference call on was just Terrible. Yeah. Oh, I just swore. Oh. You better put oh. What? I'm gonna put it. I'm, I'm gonna put in two. I'm putting in two. <laughs> it's a double. Um, mark the tape. That's two weeks in a row, Peter. So yeah. proud. Yeah. Proud awesome. moment. K- Wait, Kiki. I just repeated himself. Yeah. Chandon Sullivan had one of his better games. You know, even Whitney Merciless for the, for the few plays that he was in there. I think you can look at all of those. Even you know, even you know, Dean Lowry was at a decent game. So I think defensively, they were good. You know, there's some things that you don't like. You know, there's the quarterback running for all the yards that he ran for. But, but we'll I think get to that, that in a second, Peter. Okay, that's all the bad. Okay. <laughs> that's, um, that's what we do, though. So should I just – I sorry I stopped you right there. No, 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 no. That's, that's fine. But I think, you know, I think generally I think you can look at six, seven, eight Packers players on defense, if not more, who all contributed very well. So I think, I think that's – and that great. I thought generally the defense, very good. I was super impressed, and I don't say this very often. You know, we we never say this on this show. Dean Lowry played a good football game. He just did. And he's actually had a pretty decent season. So I will give him credit. I don't know where the credit goes. Does it go to Joe Barry? Does it go to Dean Lowry? Has Dean Lowry picked up his, you know, what he's doing? I don't know that for sure, but he has played well. Devondre he's been listening Campbell to the show. What's that? He's been listening yeah. to the show, hasn't he? Yeah. He's like, fuck those guys on the average cheese. I'm going to go out there and show those fools. Thank you, Dean, for listening. That's one penny in the jar for Habitat when you listen every time. Shannon Sullivan played well. I don't know who it is that breaks down tape. I know Ben Fennell does. He breaks down tape of the Packers. But there's somebody else locally that does it. Kind of showed how well Shannon Sullivan played in this game. And that's we beat up on him. I be, he has not played well every game this season, but this was a really nice game against a pretty good wide receiver in Terry McLaurin. So, you know, he played well. There's a lot of, like you said, if you look at the numbers and you just go by the numbers, you didn't watch the football game, you don't know who won the game, you look at the offensive numbers of the Packers and the Redskins, the footballs, and you think that Washington won this football game. But again, the Packers' defense, when they needed to, Played pretty well. It was definitely bend and bend and bend and bend. And then get lucky around the goal line with some mistakes. There were a lot of things that went well. And Razul Douglas is him and Devondre Campbell, absolute steals. Your buddy Gutenkraus did a good job this year. He has pulled some guys. And Merciless is Jonathan Garvin like in his body style, but that guy collapses the pocket. That was awesome to watch. Merciless just blows guys up and runs guys back into the quarterback. That's going to bode well. If he's outside linebacker three or four, and he comes in for a couple of plays here and there, he is far better than Chauncey Rivers and far better than John Jonathan Garvin. So I am super excited for that signing too. Just went all over on my good. <laughs> the bad and the ugly though, is what we just talked about. Taylor Heineke, the quarterback ran for almost hundred yards in this game, 95 yards rushing. And I know that's his game, right? He's kind of a backup quarterback who isn't going to have a long career. He's going to run the football. He's going to, when things go a little bit wonky, he's going to take it and pull it down rather than look down the field to throw the ball. 
he doesn't throw a great ball, but you can't have a guy running for 95 yards, a quarterback. You can't. That means you're not staying in your lanes. You're not rushing the quarterback with any kind of precision. And the other thing I had was they never punted. Yeah, I was going to rise that. Yeah. The football team never punted in this game. I don't know. That's bad, bad. You know, Heineke definitely rushing for all those yards. And like you say, some of that's caused by by pressure and him taking off and running. You can't have it, especially when, you know, this coming week, you're facing another very mobile quarterback in in Kyler Murray. You just can't have that. Other than that, I mean, there there were a lot of yards given up, but a lot of it was that was Heineke rushing and some of it was garbage yards, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I don't have too many bads about, about the defense, but like you say, they've got to stay in their lanes when they, when they rush the passer, because that will kill them. That will kill them against better teams. Yeah. I would agree with, uh, you know, all of the quarterback yardage, but I, the, the one person I, I kind of looked at on the defense who just, there's something wrong with Barnes. You know, there's there's something off. I don't, I don't know if it's still he's injured. Granted, he only had 17 snaps in, in this game, but produced one tackle. It just seems like there's something off with him. I don't know if it's a uh, because of de- de- the play of Devondre Campbell or uh, is kind of taking that away from him a little bit. But, you know, we talked about this, I think, in the preseason about you know, like he, he kind of seems like the guy who gets injured quite a bit, maybe plays injured quite a bit and doesn't say anything. That was just one observation I had in the game. It's just like, I, I was expecting Barnes to have maybe not a complete breakout season, but this was going to be the season where he kind of stepped up into the into the leadership role of that defense, and it, it's just not happening. It was a little bit strange in this game. You know, last year we talked about Barnes. He'd have like 20 snaps, but he had five tackles in a game. Yeah. You know, he was making the most of his opportunities. Is he not playing because Devondre Campbell took his spot? Well, yeah, I don't know what it is, but he has not been effective at all. So let's move on to Packers versus the Thursday night game. So if you're listening, this will come out on Thursday morning. Quick turnaround this thing. Packers at Cardinals. Thursday night football. It's going to be an interesting game, especially with all these guys out. In fact, I've heard on sports radio here locally. Now, the Packers would never do this. But you were talking about, Peter, where MVS should come back for this game. There have been guys on the radio talking about, man, maybe we should just let this one go and, like, let it be a bye. Now, no Packer would do that, and the organization would never do that. This is going to be a very difficult game to win. And is it important in the whole scheme of things? It could be, right, because every game is important. So, Peter, let's start with you. We always have one key offensively and you've already talked about the defensive key a little bit but what's one key on offense for you for me and this is it's going to be extreme it's going to be extremely difficult but for me it's the and i think i've said this in previous weeks but the packers have got to get the running game going for me so this is a tough tough cardinals defense fourth overall i think but particularly strong against the against the pass and when you look at their pass rushes chandler jones will be back from he's been on covid you know they've got guys like marcus golden that's got six sacks and Chandra Jones has got five, albeit they all came in, in one game. But you look all over their past defense, the corners, the safeties, but a Baker's a super player. For me, the Packers have got to run the football. Let's put it this way. They've got to be balanced, but they've got to be able to run the football. And part of that is, is to keep Kyler Murray off the field. Having talked about how good the, the car defense is, their offense is nearly just is nearly just as good. And they can move the ball through the air 
and on the ground. So I think that running the football for the Packers is absolutely key this week. For me, I think the Packers have to get the ball first and they have to go down and score a touchdown. I think they need to play from ahead like they did last year, almost every game. And yeah, they need to be able to run the football as good as their defense is against the pass. Their defense is not as good against the run and they give up big chunk yardage on the ground. So if they're doing that, it has to not even be balanced. I think it has to be a heavier run offense against the Cardinals for a bunch of reasons. I think that's where they have to start. And that's the entire game has to be run, run, run the football so that they can keep offense off the field. They can keep Arizona's offense off the field. It has to be run first in this game to, to control the clock, keep Kyler Murray off the field. Um, I, I think you'll see, I'm hoping to see uh, Amari Rogers in the mix. I'm really hoping to see that. I mean, I've kind of been a big, big supporter of his all year. And I think this is a game where he could actually come in and start to contribute. Like get the guy involved. The guy's talented. I think if you can get a guy like that going or in a combination of him and Cobb and get some of the tight ends going, I mean, who knows? Uh, but, yeah. you know, keep them honest with, with the run game and, and it'll open up the passing game. Yeah. And this this may be the week where they where they throw in one or two of those wrinkles. So we see a little bit more yeah. of jet tweets. We even see reverses or whatever else. Perhaps the odd trick play, because I can't remember the last time the Packers actually ran a trick play, whether it's a halfback option yeah. pass or whatever, whatever it might be. But this might be the week that one or, one or two of those wrinkles get thrown in. Is Bakhtiari yeah, going to be back? Bakhtiari, will he... I think that you're absolutely right. Amari Rogers in this game, no Lazard, no Adams. EQ St. Brown is your number one. I think it's time to see what Amari Rogers can do. That jet sweep is made for Amari Rogers, not EQ St. Brown. EQ St. Brown is more of a straight line guy. He sucks. He he had a decent (laughs) run in this game. But that's not his thing. He's not moving laterally. Amari Rodgers can do that. Run Amari Rodgers out of the backfield. I don't think this is a game where you have anything to lose. I think the expectation is the Packers are decimated. The Cardinals are undefeated. I think that the national sense is that the Packers are going to struggle to win this game. You can take chances. I don't think you're expected to win. Like favored by six? I thought that was a little disrespect. Six and one, seven and oh. Yeah. So. Key on defense. I think because Kyler Murray is a black quarterback, people think we got to stop him from running the football, but this guy can throw the football. I think his average completion is like 73.5%. He's a very accurate passer. He spreads the ball around. If you look at their wide receiver numbers, like everybody's catching footballs. He's like Oprah. You get a football. You get a football. Like everybody's getting a football. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like he throws it all over. And the guy that we really wanted, that Rondell Moore is having a pretty good rookie season too. There are guys on this roster. It's not DeAndre Hopkins. And then the next guy has 15 catches. It's like 25 catches, 30 catches. It's very consistent. And that's going to be a struggle. So my key is contain Kyler Murray, the quarterback, throwing the football and try to stop all those options he has. Because now Zach Ertz is a Cardinal, too. So now they've got a tight end that's in the mix. There's a lot of guys that can catch the football on this team. Try to slow them down throwing the football. 
that's my key. I would agree. They've got to get pressure on Kyler Murray. They've got to be disciplined, though, so we don't see him take off and run. But you're absolutely right. All of those guys, Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore, AJ Green, and now, like you say, they've added Zach Ertz to that mix. Chase Edmonds, the running backs, caught 27 balls this year. So like you say, every, everybody's getting a football. But I totally agree. I think this is all about getting disciplined pressure on Kyler Murray. I don't think any defense can stay with those receivers for five, six, seven, seven seconds. So I think you've got to pressure Murray. From the Packers' perspective, that's the only chance they've got to win this game. Our corners are going to get tested. I mean, we might see Stokes on Hopkins. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. You know, and, and I mean, like you said, AJ Green is out there. I mean, it, and we're, you know, we're without our starting corners, right? I don't know if King is even going to be back for this game. Do we even know, or he's not? I haven't heard anything. Peter, you no. heard anything? I haven't heard anything. My suspicion is no. Yeah. So that I fucking mean, guy has been hurt for his entire <laughs> career. So I know. I mean, we say it every year before every year. It's like when you talk about Kevin King, it's like, well, you know you're not going to get a full a full season out of him. You know you know there's going to be injuries along the way. You know he's going to miss games. That's just who he is. At this point, you just kind of accept it and, and move on, and, and you get what you get out of Kevin King. Hopefully he's back. If not, I mean, these guys are going to be put to the ultimate test. you got a great quarterback. you got all pro receivers all over the place. They're going to have their work cut out for him. And I'm, I can't wait to see Stokes on, 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 on Hopkins because he's my guy, my he's new guy. He really played good football. Yeah. If he can start to figure out how to break on the ball and play the ball, he's going to yeah. be spectacular. Yeah, that touchdown that touchdown on Sunday was – man, he was right there. It was a split second. I mean, it's just – uh, He just got beat. He's going to get he, beat as a rookie. That's going to happen. Uh, yeah. It was ugly. It was an ugly play, but he had a lot of nice plays in this game too. I think he's going to take his lumps once in a while, but he gets to play on the opposite, especially with uh, Alexander out. He gets to play the best wide receiver in football yep. four or five days a week. He's we'll see what happens in this game. Like we haven't seen this at all from uh, Barry, but we used to see that kind of that uh, you know that corner blitz. Like we don't, we're, they haven't run that. I don't think one time this year. They'd have Alexander. Well, I mean, they did that with Patton, but like there hasn't been a, a similar kind of blitz uh, like that. Uh, Maybe that might not, be a I'm thing this week, right? Because that's how, that's how you're going to get to him. You're not going to – he's very athletic. He's going to be able to move around the pocket, right? Maybe surprising him from, yeah, backside pressure or something like that is something that will work. That's a good, that's a good point. I guess what we don't know is with, with Barry being with COVID, you know, he's obviously not going to be there. So we, we don't know how, how involved he's been in the game planning this week. And, of course, defensive calls themselves during the game will have to be called by somebody else. I, yeah, I thought I heard Jerry Gray today. Which makes you would, sense. You that, would think, that, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, but I agree with you both. I, it, would be, it would be good to, again, we talked about the wrinkles on offense, throw one or two of those wrinkles in on defense. Corner blitz, as you said, they'll get Murray having – pass rush coming from an unusual place place where he doesn't expect it to come from so yeah it'd be interesting and as, as Todd said yeah I'm really excited to see Stokes up against those receivers I hate to say this but we are eight games in so I feel like I can say it I am really like what Joe Barry is doing on defense at first you know that first game we're like oh here we go you here know go again yeah I feel like he's being more creative. I feel like he is getting things out of guys and putting guys in position. 
I mean, I don't know. You look at Devondre Campbell again on his third team is a superstar right now. Shannon Sullivan, who hasn't been great early, has gotten better. Like you, Razul Douglas coming off out of nowhere, all of a sudden becoming a player. Someone has to take credit for these guys. I feel like Joe Barry is doing it. And Jerry Gray coaching them up. I think this defense has been better over the first nearly half of the season than any of us could have expected. Mm-hmm. I think the real test is now coming up in the next few games. Cardinals, Vikings, Seahawks, they'll catch Chiefs. a break Russ, with Russell Wilson not playing, but the Chiefs, even though people are beginning to get on the Holmes' back for the last two or three weeks, you know, the Chiefs are the Chiefs, you know. Right. Um, Still got yeah, weapons. Uh, it, ab, ab, absolutely. So, so I think that's going to be telling to see where this defense really is over over the next few weeks but absolutely so far first half ish of the season much better than i think we could have hoped for but they got to step up too in this game like th- there should be no i don't know like you talked about like lying down on this game like i mean professional athletes aren't going to do that if you want to see what you've got like this is it this is the last undefeated team in the league i mean they're they're good I mean, the Cardinals are legitimately good. Step up. Like, this is it. The New Orleans game is a complete throwaway, but we, like we've strung together some some pretty decent games and won games. Now it's time to, like, step up to one of the elite teams in the league right now. See what you have. It's the Razul Douglas revenge game. Here you go. See what I like does. that guy. I, I do, like too. Yeah, yeah. You don't get guys off other teams' practice squads, throw them in the lineup, and expect them to play as well as he has. He and we did with a Yadam, and he sucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He Different sucks. scenario, but still, like Razul Douglas is pff, yeah, way better big. than we expected him to be. He came in there, he stuck his nose in there, he got hurt. I'm like, oh shit, I know. here we go. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Makes a big hit, gets hurt right away. You, but he can yeah. stick around. He stuck around from that, so we'll see. So let's go score predictions before we leave. Uh, Peter, let's start with you. I think the Packers are going to play this game pretty close, but I think it's just going to be a step too far, unfortunately. I think it's Cardinals 28, Packers 20. I'm going to go with a shootout. So I'm going to go uh, 34-28 Packers. Oh, Packers are going to win this game. I'm never going to predict that they lose. (laughs) (laughs) We only do that preseason. Never. And then when the actual season comes, we're going to win every game. I can't do that. I can't live with myself. I think this is a Packer loss, and I don't think it's close. I don't think it's a 38-3 loss like it was to New Orleans. I think it's Arizona 38, Green Bay 20. If we get behind in this game, then we got to throw it all over, and that plays to their strengths, and I think that's going to be a problem. Awesome. Go, Pack, go. So thanks for listening to episode 60 of the <laughs> Or, or just say some more shit. <laughs> I thought we were fucking done. Another go pack go. Habitat Humanity. Oh, yeah, go Pack Go. We're just leaving it like that. <laughs> yep, go Pack Go. Fuck it. <laughs>